We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. We're talking projecting rookie quarterbacks on Roto-Viz Radio. What's up, Roto-Viz? Welcome back to the Rotoviz Fantasy Football Podcast. I am Dave Cabin, one of the owners at Rotoviz. I will be coming to you for a solo episode this evening. And what I want to talk about tonight as I record here is why it's so hard to project quarterbacks at the next level and why it is such a difficult endeavor to build a model that is going to be able to project quarterbacks, it's hard to even find something that you can point to as useful before you even get into some of the considerations about have you built a model that actually works from a statistical standpoint? Does it export to other data? Uh, some of that technical stuff that you would start looking into when you're building models through uh, more traditional kind of academic approach versus what you might hear some people talk about when they're out there looking for relationships, finding different ways to filter players, what have you. Uh, but what I wanted to do was come up with something like a very simple uh, multiple linear regression model something along those lines that helps give some context to the type of things that you might look for in a young passer. And um, this is a modeling approach where you are essentially blending a couple of different variables for a player. They each get a coefficient, which is really kind of like a multiplier, uh, so you might say if it has like three variables in it, you'd multiply passing yards by a certain multiplier, touchdowns by a certain multiplier, and completion percentage by a certain multiplier. And then the, the total of that gets you to your projection of maybe you're trying to project the player's total points across the first three seasons, something like that. But what you find is even coming up with something like that that works for quarterbacks is very, very difficult. I'm going to hit the drop, and then we're going to dig in a little bit more. 
So I think the first thing that's going on here is just the fact that there's so few quarterbacks that actually there's so few people in the world that can actually play this position well. So even if you're not thinking through things from a fantasy perspective, we know that at any given time on this planet, maybe there's about 12 people that can play quarterback in the NFL at a really high level. So trying to model that clearly is a fool's errand. We see teams every year spending millions of dollars, significant draft capital, trying to figure this out. And it is very difficult, likely because there are a ton of things that you just cannot easily measure that go into being a quarterback in the NFL, especially a highly successful one. There are a lot of external factors at play, uh, in particular, the amount of time that this player is given to develop, the coach that he is with, the players surrounding him. Maybe the people around him in his life, um, you know, how equipped he is to make that transition from being a player in college to being a professional and everything that comes with it. As a result of that, this becomes an equation that is very hard to control for. And then when you start digging into college data, it still becomes very, very difficult for starters. We see quarterbacks getting drafted that don't have the production of some players that do. So if you're trying to look at things like raw production, that gets pretty dicey. Just trying to pick out the guys that really should make it to the draft and get drafted as a result of that. So you already have to start by stratifying the data that you're working with down to a sample of players that do get drafted. But what you find in there when you start looking into it is there are not many data points or statistics that are tracked where you see this strong relationship between a quarterback success and that particular metric. And the craziest thing about it is draft position does not help at all. We know with other positions, for example, if you have a wide receiver drafted in the top maybe 18, 15, 20, somewhere in that range, his odds of, his odds of success inherently, maybe inherent isn't the right word, but me, just via the fact that that player gets selected them, we see their odds of success really increase. Whereas you cannot say that for quarterbacks because, you know, for every player that we see drafted uh, early on, you know, like a Joe Burrow or an Andrew Luck, we also see guys like Mitch Trubisky, uh, Sam Darnold, you know, players like this going in the top five. So that's a variable that you really can't use. So what I've start, what what I did over the last couple of days was collect a ton of data on quarterbacks. Um, going back as far in the RV tools as I have data available, and then, like I said, I was trying to come up with some type of simple model with very few variables just to give some context. The reason I like to do that 
is it gives an easy way to understand how you might come up with factoring in the relationships between some of these different statistics you might hear about, or just give a very simple, understandable baseline. You can lots of times do that when you present something like a simple regression model or a multiple linear regression model and an article I could go through, I could explain that I can explain it pretty easy on a podcast. It just gives some context for listeners to work with. Um, and I'm kind of running through this now because I have been asked the question by a couple of people, like, why is it so hard to figure this out? Even just from presenting any type of simple quarterback projection for players entering the NFL. Um, and I'm probably just belaboring this point here, but I gathered this data and, uh, what I'm going to talk about right now consists of 151 players drafted. I want to say going back to 2005 at quarterback. If you don't do anything else other than just drop in these 151 players drafted, or excuse me, it's actually a little bit less than that. I have 144 in here and you make this correlation map where you're mapping. And what I chose to look at here was points per game, average points per game across a quarterback's first three seasons. And I think that's a fairly decent proxy for NFL production because really what you see is either players have like zero or very, 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 very little production or some level. And really I think for this, this exercise, you're going to look, you're just going to try to find any quarterback that ends up playing for a substantial amount of time. You know, we do see some quarterbacks that get drafted early that just fizzle out very quickly. Don't get much production. So even when I'm looking at things going for those raw totals, going for points per game, what have you, you still don't find many relationships that are particularly strong. And if you do find ones where there tends to be a relationship between a between between that stat and points per game, for example, when you start using it to project things forward, it starts losing its significance. But with that said, what are some things that I looked at here? So I looked at, uh, you know, simply, Passing attempts, passing completions, completion percentage, yards, passing touchdowns, interceptions, adjusted yards per attempt, rushing attempts, rushing yards, rushing touchdowns, passing yards per game, attempts per game, passing touchdowns per game, uh, rushes per game, rushing yards per game, rushing total touchdowns per game, rushing yards per carry, total yards per game, adjusted yards, which is where I'm taking passing adjusted yards per attempt and rushing yards per carry and combining them and then total touchdowns per game. Then you can do something cool. Um, if you're using a package like R or any other similar software like Python, what have you, where you can very quickly get a scatter plot, which is going to show you on the Y axis points per game on the X axis, all those different variables and before I look at anything that's going to give me a number, I just try to eyeball where there are relationships. And it is very, very difficult to do. And there's a couple of reasons for that. 
right? We have players coming from different conferences, different systems. So for some players, um, 250 passing yards per game could be pretty impressive. They might've been very good at doing that, but in the conference that they're in, they don't need to be passing more than that. They, their team relies on the rush to close out games very often. Um, that's just one example. Um, maybe you look at a certain quarterback that's a very good rusher, but the team around him doesn't require him to rush that often. So you have a situation where in recent years, and especially if you look at like the top, if you look at players that are drafted inside the top 65 or so picks recently, we tend to have a lot of guys recently that have been very, very good on the ground that are putting up these high point totals. You know, your Josh Allen's, your Jalen Hurts, Lamar Jackson type of guys like that. And then you have another issue, which is where you got to start to think about how that quarterback profiles and how you separate somebody, maybe like a Joe Burrow, though Joe Burrow might not be the best example because he actually had decent, he was a decent rusher in college, right? But you get the point. You have to start thinking about the quarterback such as, you know, one that had tremendous rushing production in college versus these pocket type of passers. That just muddies the waters. Even when I limit myself to these recent quarterbacks that have had tremendous rushing production in recent years, and you have a set of players that are mostly uh, players that profiled as strong prospects with their legs coming out of school, and you try to build something that can be predictive based off of that, you don't really get very good results. As a result of that, I can tell you that there are certain things that I would be more inclined to look for uh, and pay attention to than others, but the, the relationships aren't particularly strong. And you've also got to recognize that these aren't necessarily things you can export to new players. Uh, so for example, in the larger data set that I was working here with the 144 players, I can see that I can use, uh, let's see, which probably makes sense to mention here. Um, okay. Adjusted yards does get an R squared or excuse me, not an R squared. Actually, we do get a correlation between the two that's higher than 0.3. So, um, you do in this data have the possibility of explaining some of points per game. If you start looking at, um, adjusted yards, uh, if you try to start taking that away, you're not explaining nearly as much of the variance. So even the things when you're looking at a sample with 144 players that work out in one scenario, you have trouble projecting them forward. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences 
So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. I don't know if this is much more information than, than we need or a very long-winded way of saying, so what I would then look at are the things where we do seem to, if I'm looking at different ways of cutting at this, uh, relationships that do seem to, or stats that do seem to be worth looking into. We've talked about these some before. Um, I'm going to highlight a couple now. And what I've gone through is looked at the players that are going to be rookies this year in comparison to other quarterbacks that have been drafted in recent years. I think maybe a month or two ago, we looked at these players just in terms of percentiles across all college players. So completion percentage, which I do believe is worth looking at. If I go into my set here and I sort largest to smallest, the type of players that you're going to see at the top Mac Jones, Dwayne Haskins, Brandon Whedon, Colt McCoy, Graham Harrell, Joe Burrow, Baker Mayfield, Tua Tagovailoa, Johnny Manziel, and Case Keenum are in the 93rd and up percentile. Also in there from this year's class, we have CJ Stroud. Uh, Hendon Hooker's in the 74th percentile. We have Bryce Young in the 68th percentile. Players in that similar type of range are guys like Winston, Blake Bortles, uh, Will Greer, who is a recent, uh, actually at this point, not that recent of a prospect, Cam Newton, Sam Darnold, uh, Jalen Hurts, Davis Mills. Down in the 60th percentile, we have Jaron Hall and Will Levis. Tanner McKee comes in in the 44th percentile. Max Duggan is in the 18th, where we have guys like Nick Mellons, John Wolford, Josh Freeman, Kellen Mond, Jacoby Brissett. Joe Webb, Ben DiNucci, uh, Colin Kaepernick was in that range. If we continue down, we get to the second percentile. You have Anthony Richardson. Players around him, you have Josh Allen. Of course, people are going to love to point this out. 
uh, Rusty Smith, Brian Hoyer, Ryan Lindley, Jake Locker, Matt Sims, and Tim Boyle. Lamar Jackson was just in the fifth percentile. You had Matthew Stafford in the fifth percentile. Uh, and that kind of highlights why this does get so tricky when you have players like Matthew Stafford, who's been a really solid NFL player, a quarterback that won an NFL championship just a couple of years ago falls into this range. You can see why this gets so confusing. You have Josh Allen down towards the bottom, right? So an adjusted yards per attempt, which we have a breakdown on the site of how that's calculated, but basically you're factoring interceptions and touchdowns, blending some things around to come up with a number that's a little bit more reflective of the actual uh, passing yards that a player averages per attempt. The highest players in this are Tua Tagovailoa, who is at 12.7. You have Mac Jones at 12.47, followed by CJ Stroud, at 11.18, comes in at third in our set here. Then Kyler Murray, Cam Newton, Justin Fields. Hendon Hooker at 10.67 is in the 96th percentile. We also have Bryce Young in the 90th percentile behind guys like Bryce Petty, uh, Baker Mayfield, Sam Bradford, Marcus Mariota, Joe Burrow, Tim Tebow, Dwayne Haskins. One thing that you might notice, Jalen Hurts actually was pretty high. Uh, one thing that you're going to notice, too, is you see certain teams have a lot of players inhabiting these areas. And in many cases, they are the very elite programs. So Jaron Hall actually comes in in the 82nd percentile. Uh, continuing down, we have Max Duggan in the 40th, 7th percentile. Will Levis is in the 39th. Anthony Richardson is 32nd. Tanner McKee is 14th percentile if you look at other quarterbacks that are down pretty low that are of note uh let me see if there are any that stand out here daniel jones was pretty low you don't see many players that have been successful particularly low on here again matthew stafford was kind of low of course at this point I'd have to do some adjustment for the year that they played because it's been a long time that uh, Stafford's been in the league. It's been a long time since he's been a prospect. All right. Pass yards per game. Another fairly interesting one here. Bailey Zappi, actually, 408, leads the pack, followed by Mahomes, who is the 99th percentile with 351. You also have Graham Harrow, Luke Falk, Case Keenum, uh, Goff was up high, Mason Rudolph, Landry Jones, Taylor Heineke, CJ Stroud, 93rd percentile. Big drop down to Bryce Young, who is in the 68th percentile around guys like Andrew Luck, Davis Mills, uh, Drew Locke, Justin Herbert. Continuing down, we have Tanner McKee in the 52nd percentile, Jaron Hall in the 46th. You got Max Duggan in the 38th. Eighth, you've got Hendon Hooker in the 36th. Will Leave is down in the 12th percentile, and Anthony Richardson down in the 7th percentile. To close things out here, if we look at adjusted yards, when I am blending together the rushing yards per carry and adjusted AYA which this does seem to be one of the, the stats we can look at that does a little bit better 
in some of the things that you'd want to see when looking for relationships than others. Uh, there are a number of guys that finished pretty high this year. And again, I think the reason that this is becoming important to look at it this way is the players that are getting time now at quarterback being successful fantasy quarterbacks right now are the players that also have that ability as rushers. So Kyler Murray leads all players at 18.3. He is followed by Marcus Mariota, Cam Newton, Tua Tungavailoa, Johnny Manziel, Andrew Locke, Colin Kaepernick, Justin Fields, Jalen Hurts, Lamar Jackson. You also have Tim Tebow, Pat White in there, Malik Willis, Trevor Lawrence, Joe Burrow, RG3, Baker Mayfield, Mac Jones, Chad Kelly, Deshaun Watson, Dak Prescott, Tommy Stevens, Zach Wilson, uh, Mitch Trubisky. This looks like a leaderboard that you want to be part of. Hendon Hooker leads the class, comes in with 14.7. And here's the really interesting one. Anthony Richardson ends up coming in at the 14th spot in the 91st percentile, saving his profile, which was so bad in those other measures. Um, Anthony Richardson, if we take a little bit closer of a look at him, we'll see that, you know, as I said, those passing numbers, not great by any stretch of the imagination. Some of the worst that you're going to see, but in his career as a quarterback for Florida records, 1,110 rushing yards on just 160 attempts. That, my friends, is good for nearly seven yards at carry. So he's really able to offset just 7.4 yards um, in AYA, passing AYA, to come in really high here. Jaron Hall actually gets into the 89th percentile. And then we see CJ Stroud, which really rounds off his profile coming in in the 83rd percentile. Uh, Max Duggan comes in in the 73rd percentile. We finally see Brees Young down at the 60th percentile. I guess the note there, however, would be that in the context of Bryce Young, and you know, maybe it's not fair for me to say this because you could assign this to other players, maybe Bryce Young doesn't need to be out there racking up that yardage when you're playing in that insane Alabama offense. Um, but nonetheless, it is notable that there's that, at least in my mind, it's it's pretty noticeable to see that chasm there uh, from what we saw with Stroud down to Bryce Young. Um, and just for notable players, this is where we saw guys like Sam Darnold, EJ Manuel, Sam Bradford, Tyler Heineke, uh, Kellen Mond, Josh Allen was somewhat in that range. Uh, then Will Levis is in the 49th percentile. We have Tanner McKee down in the 12th percentile. Uh, in this measure, we have guys like Kirk Cousins, Josh Rosen, um, Landry Jones, Mike Glennon, Nick Foles. If we go up just a little bit, <laughs> you have Matthew Stafford again. Um, 
You have David Fales, Garner Minshew, Jared Goff. Interestingly, Davis Mills was in the 36th percentile. Not sure if that's actually of any interest to you or not. Uh, but this is Daniel Jones. We also have Derek Carr in the 42nd percentile. So what I take away from this again is that CJ Stroud is my favorite passer in this class. There's some encouraging signs for Hendon Hooker. And Anthony Richardson, we can't completely write off. That's kind of the reality of what we're looking at here. Um, This is such a difficult thing when you realize that there's all of these stats that look like they could be important, but we see so many players that violate the rules there that you just can't come up with a blanket way of doing this. As a result of that, and the upside that you do see for Richardson I think it's going to be important for as low as Curtis and I were on Anthony Richardson at the beginning of the cycle for how bad of a picture you get when you ignore things that look at rushing. Uh, He's still probably going to be interesting to go after for that upside after you've addressed that major need that you might need or that you might have on your team. So hopefully this gives you a little bit clearer of a picture um, or a little bit more information about these quarterbacks as we start getting very close to the draft now and also underpins just why it's so hard to make sense of what is going on with quarterbacks. Uh, the other positions, you can you can do some things to have a better idea. It really just feels to largely be a crapshoot at quarterback, which goes back to the idea I've put out there before as to if I'm an NFL team, I am doing everything I can to look at athletes all over the entire world and find some ways to start looking at players earlier on uh, in their athletic careers to see if we can start looking for players that look like they have um, the potential to be able to be an NFL passer. Because at this point, it's just such a rare thing. There's so few of these players. Even these guys have been training their whole lives going to the absolute best universities, best colleges for football, training day in and day out with people whose entire job is to train passers. Um, It's still very difficult for teams to find those really elite talents. All right, Curtis uh, will be back. He and I will be recording two other episodes this week. I hope to see you then. And as always, I appreciate you spending some time with me. Thank you for listening to the Rotoviz Fantasy Football Show. Send us questions at rvffshow at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at DaveCabinFF and at CPatrickNFL. Leave us a voicemail at 978-615-9214 and make sure to rate, review, and subscribe. It's happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. Time is short before something big happens, and that's why so many folks are preparing. They're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family. 
Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m. and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com.